Reader's Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's Monday in October, and we are continuing our Halloween fun on Book Lights with horror authors. And today, you guys are in for a treat because we have horror legend Ray Garten on. And I can't wait for you guys to meet him. He's so fantastic. And if you haven't read his books yet, there are a whole bunch for you to go binge read for Halloween. So if you don't know Ray, I'll go ahead and read his bio here so you can get to know him. Since he was eight years old, all Ray ever wanted to be was a writer. And since 1984, he has been fortunate enough to spend his life writing full time. He's written over 60 books, novels and novellas in the horror and suspense genres, collections of short stories, movie novelizations, and TV tie-ins with more in the works. In 2006, he was presented with the World Horror Grandmaster Award. And Ray is very active on social media, especially Facebook. He will make you laugh. So go follow him. I did put a link to his website right there on the Blog Talk site. So if you're listening live or if you're listening later, go check out the website. It will show you all the cool new covers for his books that have been being re-released here slowly but surely. And without any further delay, are you there, Ray? Yes, I'm here. Horror Yay. legend. Wow. That's a lot right? to live up to. <laughs> I know. I've <laughs> elevated you. <laughs> last last week I had Lisa Morton on and I called her the spook master. She said she's putting it oh, on her yes. business cards. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's the Halloween the Halloween expert. Yes, yes she is. And now Spookmaster. And you get to be yeah, horror legend. So <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> But I do hear that you're getting another award, so you're already the World Horror Grandmaster. And what, which award are you getting? Um, next I year at KillerCon, uh, yeah, it's a, the um, J.F. Gonzalez Lifetime Achievement Award. It's being presented to myself and Craig Spector. Wow, and congratulations. I'm planning on being there at, uh, at KillerCon in Austin, Texas next august whenever they hold it um they haven't i don't think they've decided on a date yet but uh, i'll be there so i hope uh, people turn out yeah oh my gosh will you have a book signing there will you have books to sign oh yeah i'll sign books and i'll um probably do panels and <laughs> i haven't been to a convention in a long time it's been way too long Oh, my gosh. It'll be so fun. So readers who are listening, put it on your calendar because this doesn't happen very often. So that's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that doesn't mean I'm going to die soon. Um, No, no. Lifetime Achievement (laughs) Awards. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) But I'm not done yet. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So speaking of, you have written over 60 books, and when I was poking around on Amazon, they're re-releasing them with new covers, and I think it's up to like 20. When are you going to have all of your books back up there? Uh, well, there's a lot of the, um, a lot of them are uh, movie novelizations and TV tie-ins, and those are just one-shot deals, so they probably won't be coming back. Oh, but, okay. Um, 
But all of my novels uh, will be, I hope, uh, before long, they'll all be available. And the new covers are wonderful. At Crossroad Press, yes. they've given me some beautiful covers. Um, I'm really enjoying it at Crossroad. They're a great publisher. I love that. Yeah, I've been ogling all those new <clears throat> covers. They're very nice. Um, <laughs> they are. Very David sweet. Dodd is responsible for that. He's very good at that. Yeah. Yeah. The most recent one, I think it's the one I used on the blog talk site was, is nightlife. And that one has a very horrific looking cover. <laughs> yeah. That's an, that's actually an old one. That was the original cover of that book when it came out um, by uh, um, Bob Eggleton did that. I love okay. that cover. <laughs> yes. Well, that's cool that they let you keep it then. Yeah. Yeah. He also did, um, the original Crucifix Autumn cover with the little strange creatures on it. And I'm using that one too uh, for Crucifix. And I love Eggleton's work and I've been lucky enough to get him for a couple of covers. That is fantastic. <clears throat> and also I noticed that there is a Stephen King quote on there and he has been um, mentioning you over on Twitter. I saw one. Yeah. That was, yeah. That got kind of some traction there. How exciting is that? <laughs> uh, you know, that, that just blew me away and he's been very generous. He's plugged my books, retweeted my tweets and, and he even put me in a, uh, in his latest book. Um, he has something called Ray Garten Farm Equipment, a, a company. It's <laughs> oh a competitor of John Deere. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm going to so have to cool. have shirts and caps made up. Uh, yes. Ray Garten Farm Equipment. <laughs> Is that in Holly? Is that the new book? Yes. That's in Holly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> Did he forewarn that you really, or did people start reading it no, and go, hey? No. Yeah, people started reading it and posting about it, and it just knocked me out of my chair. Wow, that is so cool. Well, yeah, you definitely yeah. need at least some hats. <laughs> yes, yes. He's a great Maybe guy. A He's very sticker. generous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that is so cool because he has – you know, he has done monsters and things, but not the way you do monsters. <laughs> you have, you, uh, I was looking over all the different kinds of, and sometimes not even monsters, like you have that whole series of storms and things, those super storms. So yeah, I, yeah. I wanted to ask you if you have any favorite monsters. I think the werewolf is my favorite of the traditional monsters. That one is my favorite. I don't think it's gotten enough coverage in the genre um, because it's it it was my favorite when I was a kid. Still is. That's why I wrote those two werewolf novels, Ravenous and Bestial. Um, but to be honest, my favorite kind of horror involves the monsters that are in our heads, um, the psychological stuff. That's a lot scarier than. Uh, than monsters, I think. Yeah, I always think that that human beings are the scariest monsters of all. I think yes. that's kind of why we like horror because we like to see monsters who we can be afraid of, yep. but we know aren't really hiding in our closet. <laughs> yes, yes, they're safe. Right, they can scare us, but they're safe. We walk exactly. away. Exactly. Yeah, I was talking about. Um, 
can't remember if it was with Lisa last week or not, but we were talking about how horror is wonderful because it gives you a space to experience fear, but you know you're safe. And that is a gift. You know, you really yep. can't get that any other way. And I think that's why horror movies stick around, all that kind of thing, because you can get that adrenaline rush, but you know, you know, that a werewolf isn't going to pop out of your closet. <laughs> right. And, and horror is always around. I mean, it, it, it rises and falls in popularity, but it never goes away. And I think that's why, because mm-hmm. it allows us a safe outlet for that, that fear and anxiety. And um, we, we can't put it anywhere else. Right. Right. And I think, too, that horror allows us to, like, examine humanity as a whole, kind of like sci-fi kind of does that, too. Like, we can stand back from a distance and see parts of humanity that maybe are hard, you know, hard to fathom in <laughs> in your everyday yes. life. But horror lets you reflect yeah. that and go, wow, <laughs> who really is the bad yep. guy here? What? <laughs> Yeah, we don't. I don't think we need um, devils, demons. We've got all that evil stuff covered. Human beings. We do. We don't. Uh, we don't need any help. <laughs> right. But we do like to have something else to blame. So. Yes. That's why we have devils and demons. <laughs> that's right. It's the monster's fault. Dang it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. So now I if, noticed possession is really big all of a sudden again. It's it's, yes. a, it's a hugely popular genre, and I can't get into it because it doesn't really. Um, it's limited in what it has to offer, I think, but um, it is very popular right now. And now yes. there's a new Exorcist movie. I saw that. It have looks like a that? reboot. Is it a reboot? Um, no, I think it's an actual sequel, a continuation, because it's got uh, uh, Ellen Burstyn in it. She's, you know, doing her role as the mother. Oh. And she's very old now. Mm-hmm. So I don't, uh, I haven't talked to anybody who's seen it yet, but I'm, I'm curious to know how it is. Yeah, I I saw one. I every year in October I do my annual Halloween movie countdown and because there's only 31 days, I have movies that rotate in and out and and I right. try to put in a few new movies every year and anyway, but there was a possession movie that was on Netflix. I think it's still on there. I don't know if it's their movie or not, but anyway, it's called The Taking of Deborah Logan and oh, yes, it was yes. So good. It was like, is it Alzheimer's or is it demon possession? <laughs> oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. It was, what, and it was wild. It's called the taking. What was the name of, of it again? The taking of Deborah Logan. And I'll the. Have to look for that. And the way they did the horror movie was unsettling also because it was like a mockumentary, but it was these college kids who were working on, who want to be doing Alzheimer's research. And they teamed mm-hmm. up with these other college kids in filmography to do a, this woman's family signed off for them to put cameras in because their grandmother, I think it was the grandmother or the mom, had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And so they were going to do this long-term, you know, following her. They put cameras in her house and everything to figure out 
what the, you know, downslide into Alzheimer's really looks like. That's what they were trying to document. But then as they're looking at camera footage, <laughs> all kinds yeah. of crazy things that happen. And you're like, what? I just remember there was such an unsettling scene where she's fumbling around her kitchen, this little old woman, and the actress was fantastic, but she's like fumbling around her kitchen looking for something, and all of a sudden she's standing, standing up straight on top of the kitchen counter. And you're like, oh, wow. What just happened? What? <laughs> and she's looking up in the top cupboard, and all the kids keep replaying the footage, and they're like, what is this? This is, what is this? You know, she's in her 80s, and in one jump, she's on the top count. It was just, it was very wow. unsettling. But there were lots of things like that happening, and it gets progressively worse. And, and finally, the kids are like, I don't think this is Alzheimer's. So, <laughs> definitely a different take if you're into possession horror. Um, yeah. It was really great. Very, very well done. Um, <laughs> I'll have to look that one up. I think yeah. my favorite, um, aside from the original Exorcist, my favorite possession movie is Exorcist Three Legion with George C. Scott. Oh, um, I never it was, saw that It was one. written and it was written and directed by William Peter Blatty, who wrote the original novel. Oh. Um, the Exorcist, and it is genuinely scary. Um, it has one of the biggest, most effective jump scares I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> and I've seen it many times, and it still makes me jump. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, but yeah, if you I haven't have... seen that one, I recommend it. I'll have to look that up because, no, I never saw the third one. I think I've only seen the first one of The Exorcist, actually. Pretty well, sure pretend I've only that the second one. one. Pretend that the second one doesn't exist. <laughs> just like Jaws just 2. Go, <laughs> yeah, just go about your life as if it, it was never made. And okay. pretend that Exorcist 3 is actually Exorcist 2. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Because that's what it does. The Exorcist 3 proceeds as if Exorcist 2 never happened. Um, it's a direct sequel to the first one, and um, it just sort of ignores John Borman's horrible um, sequel. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, oh, they didn't call it Exorcist 2? It was Exorcist 2. I thought it had a subtitle. Maybe not. Um, but uh, it's terrible. Oh, God, it's terrible. <laughs> Richard Burton chews the scenery up. His teeth marks are all over everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so we won't watch Exorcist 2 doesn't exist. We'll skip right to <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> Made a note. <laughs> so so we talked about your favorite monsters are werewolves, but what were what would be like your some of your favorite horror themes that like come up in a lot of your books? Like I can guess from your books that I've read that you like to put a twist on, you know, on the standard trope like your werewolf books. I haven't read any other werewolf books where, you know, it can be a disease <laughs> So, yes, it's a so, sexually transmitted disease in my books. <laughs> yes, yes, and I have never read one like that before. So I, that's just my guess that that's what you like. But what are your favorite themes in horror? Um, well, there are um, 
there's a lot of family dysfunction in my in my novels. Um, uh, a lot of um, mental illness. Uh, mm-hmm. That scares me more than anything. Mental illness because it's a uh, it's it's a little too real uh, to, right. to cover too closely in horror. I think because horror should be somewhat of an escape. Right. But, um, yeah, family dysfunction, um, sex. I think sex always uh, works well in horror because that's mm-hmm. when we're the most vulnerable. We're we're the most right open to harm. And um, yeah, those I think are my favorite themes. So when so for someone who hasn't read you before, do you want to tell them a little bit about like Live Girls and and because that has that sex theme, but you mixed it in with vampires, right? Yes, yeah. Um, well, that's the res- that book was the result of a trip to Times Square back in 1986, um, I think. Yeah, 1986. And I went to, I'd never been to Times Square before, and I was a, I was very, I'd led a sheltered small town life, came from a very religious family, and Times Square was, it's not, it was not at all what it's like now. It was Right, this was before it was the, cleaned up. <laughs> yes, it was a very sleazy uh, red light district, and um, I went to a peep show where, you know, you walk into a booth, you put your tokens in the slot, and a panel comes up, and there's a naked girl on the other side, and she dances for you. Except the girl that was on the other side of the panel was, she was semi-conscious and not in very good physical shape. She was, uh, she had what looked like an infected nipple from a piercing. and a bad rash, and oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> it was a horror was a, show. <laughs> yeah, there's a slot under the window where you can slip money through, uh, mm-hmm. slip the tip through, and this slot in the middle of it, it's like a letter slot, but in the, in in wood, in a wooden wall, but in the middle of the slot, it opened up into a, a another to into a circle and. It had ridges on it, and I looked at it closely, and I thought that looks like it's been chewed open. <laughs> oh. And live girls, live girls, just dropped into my head in one whole piece. Wow! And I left. I left that peep show, went back to my publisher's office, asked for a typewriter, and started writing. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So that one was written on a typewriter. That was before you could cut and paste and all those things. Oh yeah. Yeah, I started out on my first several books were written on typewriters, and computers made it much easier. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. My first job, I had to use a typewriter to do quotes for our family business window shades. And I can remember the horror of someone finding a typo after I had taken it out. And I'm like, no. Yes. And you try to line it back up, and it never lines up. Oh, oh <laughs> I can't imagine I writing a whole book that way. <laughs> Yeah, it was it it wasn't easy. There was a lot of uh, a lot of retyping, 
you know, you make mm-hmm. a mistake on a page and you pretty much have to do the whole thing over again. Um, right. And the, <laughs> the idea careful. that you could just, the idea that you could just cut and paste paragraphs and it, that, that seemed almost too good to be true. I, in fact, I didn't believe it at first when I first heard it, but that's <laughs> how it worked. And uh, my first computer was a revelation. Suddenly I was freed up from all of the, the stuff that came from using a typewriter that slowed me down and, that was that was wonderful. Yeah. Well, I when you were just telling that story about Live Girls, it was popping in my head that you know OnlyFans has really become, I guess, the peep show of now. Because I don't know that they even still really do those, but you can pay mm-hmm. online for yeah, you know, right. and you don't even have to leave your house, so you could make <clears throat> a whole other brand of vampires. <laughs> Yes. Who have OnlyFans. <laughs> well, I was going to do a sequel to The New Neighbor where she comes back um, as a force in the computer. Um, oh. And uh, I, never, I never got around to that. I should probably do that. Yeah, scare, um, us, scare us about being on our computer, Ray. <laughs> yes, a succubus <laughs> in your computer. Yes, um, we all know that that is solitaire, fucking <laughs> <laughs> the lives out of us. <laughs> yep. But, oh my gosh! Uh, Live Girls was was so much fun to write. It was um, uh, that, and it was one of those very few books that really did drop into my head in one piece. Um, the other one that was even more fun, the only other time I had a better time writing was Sex and Violence in Hollywood, which is not a horror novel, but um, it's my personal favorite of all my books. Oh. It's a crime novel, comedy. Uh, it has a, it, it, protagonists are a couple of diehard horror fans, so there's a lot of stuff about horror in the book. But it's a crime novel, and and it, it people don't like you to do things other than horror. Once you get known right. for one thing, they don't want you to walk away from it. So it's that book didn't true. do very well initially. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy writing crime fiction as much as horror. It's uh, I, I've gotten sort of uh, I've become more and more attached to it the older I get. Yeah, well, that kind of dovetails into your super secret project that you have a co-author and you're working on a crime yes. novel, right? Yes. Yes, I've taken on a writing partner, Randy Burrell, and um, I've started something new that I haven't shown to him yet, but I, I, I will. And it's uh, sort of a cross between a horror novel and a crime novel, and uh, it even has a sense of humor, but it's definitely horror. Uh, I, I don't want people to avoid it because they think it's not horror. It's definitely a horror novel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Do you want to tell people the, the running title so far? The the working title right now is Hell's MacGuffin. Um, yeah. If you don't know what a MacGuffin is... Uh, that was coined by, I believe it was Alfred Hitchcock who, who coined that term. It's the the one thing that kicks all the action into gear in a story. Um, it's the microfilm that the spies are after. 
and everything happens around that and because of it. And uh, that's what the MacGuffin is. But my problem is I'm not sure what my MacGuffin is yet, so um, <laughs> I'm just calling it Hell's MacGuffin. <laughs> you just know that it's from hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or it's at least hellish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I can't wait. It has been. It, has it been fun for you writing something new? Yes, yes. It's been I haven't written in a while. I've been my health has gotten in the way of it and I'm still pretty slow, which is why I've taken on a writing partner, but um I'm still kicking, still doing my best. Yeah. Yeah, it feels good to have the little plot bunnies running around your head again. Yes, yes, I love that. <laughs> that's when when I keep getting distracted by the book I'm working on, that's that's when I'm happiest. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's always fun. And when you're writing, do you typically like to outline and work out your plot, or do you like your characters to do it and you're just taking dictation? Well, you know, I've tried outlining. I really have. Um, I started out uh, just sitting down and writing, and I, I didn't go. I didn't have anything to follow, anything to go by. And that's how I've always done it. I, I find that I can't write unless I'm sitting at the keyboard actually writing. That's when I discover right. the book. Um, outlining is very difficult for me. I still try it now and then, but um, I'm a seat-of-the-pants guy, I think. <laughs> yeah, me too. I Anytime that I do too much planning, it turns into like a term paper, and I don't – I yes. hate going back to the computer because I feel like it's already written. It's boring. Yep. Yeah. If it's already written, you want to move on to the next project. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and your brain already does. Your brain's like, that one's figured out. Yes. So it could be next. And so you never yeah. finish. <laughs> uh, what, uh, sometimes, though, when you are a pantser, does the story take like a hard right? Do you remember any times that your characters did something completely that you didn't see coming and you're like, wait, oh, what? Where are we going? Oh, all the time, all the time. And I tend to follow my characters. Mm -hmm. uh, they sort of run things when I'm writing. I, uh, if they do something that I don't expect, I'll let them do it and follow them to see where it goes. Um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it sticks. I know with right. sex and violence in Hollywood, that was uh, uh, the characters were constantly surprising me and doing their own things, and uh, that happened probably more with that book than any. But it happens with every book. The characters, once you get to a point where they they are real people in your head, they sort of take over. Yes, for sure. And that for me as a writer, that is like my favorite, except that sometimes they start to veer off and I'm like, ooh, guys, I don't know. But I promise yeah. myself I'll let, I'll let myself do two chapters. And if it looks like this is a train wreck, we're going back. But they're almost uh, always yeah. right. The characters always have a better yeah. plan than we do. <laughs> they are. They are always right, it seems. And, of course, that's just our subconscious Mm -hmm. uh, that we're following, and um, when we when we do that, we're poking around in our own, uh, you know, down in the basement of our brain. Right, right. And <laughs> you know, I the think the best part too, of writing. 
Yeah, for sure. I think when you can like tap into that super conscious and, and trust it, you know, because usually when I'm doubting, it's that ego part of you where you're like, well, readers won't like that, or that's not what my editor's expecting or, you know, or whatever. And if we can get ourselves out of the way and just trust, it's always better. Yep. Yeah, and um, if if the characters aren't taking over and running things, I get nervous because that tells me they aren't real people yet in my head. And if they aren't real people in my head, they're not going to be real people to the reader. True. So that's I I shoot for that. I I it, once I get to that point, I'm happy with a book. Um, yeah, yeah. It feels like maybe they're not quite fleshed out yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. before before we run out of time, because I could talk to you all day about all this stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> before we go, um, how can readers get in touch with you? Do you have a newsletter? Do you just like to be on Facebook? Where where can they when they get excited um, I'm on your book? I'm on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find me under my name, Ray Garten. Um, I have two pages on Facebook. One is my fan page and one is my personal page. The one you want is my personal page. Um, okay. And uh, Twitter is, I've been on there a lot more lately than I ever have been before. Um, I've finally warmed up to it. And now it's not even called Twitter anymore, but it's always going to be Twitter to me. I'm sorry. It will be to me too. Yeah, I can't help it. I'm I can't not calling... change it to a letter. <laughs> I'm not calling anything X. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, everyone, go look up Ray. You will not be sorry. His his content is always fun. And thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a great Halloween, and I can't wait for the new book. Thank you. You have a great Halloween, too, and thank you so much for having me. It's been too long. Yes. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.